Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Sorry About It podcast. Sorry About It wanted to let you know that we have a trigger warning out for this episode as we talk about suicide and eating disorders. If you look into the description of this podcast, you will see the timestamps of when these uh, triggers occur. As well, we wanted to let you know that there is no shame reaching out for help. If you're in Canada, you can call Crisis Services Canada at 833-456-4566. And if you're in the U.S., you can call 1-800-273-8255, which is the suicide hotline. There is no shame in reaching out for help. And we hope you enjoy this episode of the Sorry About It podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sorry About It podcast. My name is Iman, and I'm here with Anisha, and we're the founders of Sorry About It. For those who don't know, Sorry About It is a creative collective made by South Asian youth, for South Asian youth. Speaking of South Asian youth, I'm sure we have all run into some kind of auntie. An auntie typically is anyone that is older than you. Really, it's supposed to be a term of endearment. Like, we don't call our furthest family members, or even our neighbors by their name. It's auntie and uncle. Like, my neighbor isn't Chad. He's Chad uncle. See, mine, like, I call people Uncle Chad. I don't do the other way. It sounds weird to me. <laughs> no, it's name first, you know? You don't have that spice. I mean, yeah, but, like, it just makes more sense in my head. Like, it, I don't know. It's just me. Yeah, I mean, but it, then we get into the debate. Is Does auntie end with a Y or end with an IE? I'm an IE, IE. kind of girl. I'm IE, too. Like, any other way is wrong. Like, you're wrong. You heard it here, folks. You use a Y when you say auntie. You're wrong. You're disowned. <laughs> I mean, but ba- back, back to the point. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like to ramble, but back to the point. <laughs> auntie, in our opinion, has gone from a term of respect to something bordering the lines of an insult. To us Gen Z kids, the term auntie carries a negative connotation with negative feelings. In other words, auntie has become their brown version of a Karen. Karens are quaking with pretty auntie over here. <laughs> I mean, aunties, though respected, are problematic. And that's just the facts. Again, in typical Sorry About a Podcast fashion, raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by an auntie. Whether it's because of your skin color, education level, or most notably your weight, aunties never have anything good to say. Let's just take note that I actually raised my hand this time, guys. <laughs> Iman, haven't you been reading a book about aunties? You mentioned it the other day. Well, yes, Nisha, I was. A couple Christmases ago, I got this book. And when I say I got this book, I mean, I quote unquote borrowed it from my mom. Shout out to my mom. Um, But as I've grown older, it's become a more accurate tale of my auntie experiences. So this book is called Trust No Auntie. It's by Maria Kumar, who is Canadian. You guys know those memes where, like, it's like, I've seen it on Instagram. It's like the Twitter thing. And then the screenshots. Yeah, the screenshots. It's like nobody, whatever the thing is. Ours would be nobody, Anisha and Iman. We're Canadian. (laughs) But this book is absolutely amazing. So it's a quasi-graphic novel, I guess. It's hardcover. (laughs) It's an ASMR. (laughs) I'm going to do it again because I hit the phone. So this book is like a quasi-graphic novel, uh, but it's hardcover. That ASMR. I wouldn't have it any other way. 
And this book really outlines how to deal with aunties. And I remember seeing this and I was like, wow, this is so relatable. And on page 32, I thought we would kind of kind of read through the book, I guess, book club. On page 32 of Trust No Auntie, it says, you have entered CEO Auntie's home for a lunch or dinner party of sorts. She asks you what you do for a living. And you know she's asking only because she wants to talk smack about your life choices. Rookie move. Tell her the truth and then slowly feel the heat of judgment engulf you like Mumbai heat. Or boss move. Tell her you have exactly one, yeah, that's one, PhD in minding your own business and write her a recommendation. We've all experienced this type of scenario. Not only do aunties want to know the 411 on what you're up to, but how much better her kids are doing than you. For us brown kids, we're always kind of conditioned to be the best, work super hard, to be better than the next kid, and to bring honor to our family. Cue the Honor to Us All song from Mulan, please. (laughs) This inevitably leads to hustle culture, which is, say it with me everybody, incredibly toxic. For anybody who doesn't know what hustle culture is, it's basically the constant state of working. You know, respect the hustle. And as brown kids, we've been hustling since the day we were born. Yeah, everyone, regardless of race and background hustles, but no one hustles more than Jay Patel's Insta bio with a million emojis and the quote, the grind never stops. And Jay Patel, you're listening to this and you may be thinking, no, hustle culture is great. You get things done and you climb up the work ladder faster than everyone else. But you're wrong. Hustle culture kills careers before they even start. As kids, especially as millennials and Gen Z kids, we're forced into a rat race of working at a young age, which kind of eventually kills their passion for their quote-unquote passion. As kids, I'm sure most of us have strived for those straight A's. I know I have, and what I've realized is through this desified hustle culture, it has allowed me to work smarter and harder, which I am very grateful for. However, I've run into difficulties, and this is mainly through the comparison of kids that then initiates this competitive lifestyle, and which then leads to really awful mental health. So I have a little story, and... I have so many auntie stories, but this is one that's recent and that stings. So a couple weeks ago, I was in like my small bubble. I have some family members and we're all in a bubble. So we're all kind of just chatting. And I have worked all of high school to go to UBC. That has always been my goal. That has always been my dream. And finally, I've gone to do that. I was like, wow, little me, I did it. And I was talking to this auntie about what I want to study and what I want to get involved in on campus and how excited I am. Oh, well, you know, this other girl is going to this school and she's doing this and she did this and this. I was like, huh. But I did that. I did that, too. (laughs) I did all those activities. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. But she's moving all by herself. I didn't know my mom and dad were going to move into my dorm with me. That would have been interesting. (laughs) One bed. One dorm. One bathroom. I mean, sleeps in the closet like like Dracula style. (laughs) Like a bat like hanging off. This, this like, I know it's a crazy auntie story. Oh, uh, like whatever. But ouch. I understand that everybody works hard. Everybody does. No matter who you are, you work hard. 
but it was just discouraging because it's like oh so my achievements don't mean anything cool thank you speaking of that same event i was also told that i have man shoulders so that was really nice thank you auntie i see her as perfect but you know aunties have their own little like evil eyes going on i mean i have an auntie story it's not as like bad i'm not gonna say bad because iman's was like you know discouraging mine just kind of pissed me off and you'll notice that i get cheesed very easily but um i remember last year my daddy like my daddy my daughter they come and pick me up after school because they didn't want me walking home um and i remember one day my daddy picked me up and i got out of the car and my daddy's brother was walking out of the house and he looks at me he's like oh hi how's school and i was like it's really good he's like so have you become a doctor yet i was like no i'm not gonna be a doctor and he's like oh then what are you going to be? I was like... Lawyer, engineer? No, I'm going to be a journalist. And he literally, I swear to God, I saw him stop and he looked at me. He's like, then how are you going to make money? And I was like, I mean, if you wanted me to make money, you could have been my parent and like, you know, supported me. Or you could have supported your own children and pushed them into that path. I didn't say that, of course, because, you know, I can't. I wish I did, though. I really would have. If I could have, I would have. Just to see the look on his face. But it, I got really annoyed. I was like, okay, just because it's not, like, one of the normal, like, brown child careers, you know, the typical ones, doesn't mean I'm not less proud of it. Like, I'm proud that I want to be a journalist and stuff, you know? So to hear that somebody's like, oh, you're not going to make a lot of money. It's like, no, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it because I'm passionate about it. I just think it sucks. I'm going to say that so many times. I said it last time <laughs> in the podcast, too. I remember that. Um, but it does suck that, like, brown parents have that mindset that you can only become a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer. Um, what are some other acceptable ones? Pharmacists. Um, surgeon. You know, things that they can brag to the, to the um, other brown parents. What, what's something off-limits? Often. Anything in the liberal arts or social sciences. You can Music. be a dancer. You can be a dancer. Oh, like the, this is what makes me so mad is they go, yeah, don't go into acting or don't go into music. They see somebody like Lily sing and they're like, oh my God, Lily sing, amazing. I'm like, but you don't want me to do that? I can do that. Um, but hustle culture destroys mental health. It really does. Another story from your favorite chatty co-founder for sorry about it i don't know why that was so long i'm so sorry um (laughs) anyways my story um when i was growing up my my mom if you don't know her she's very like go 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 she's kind of like a businesswoman she's a pharmacist but she has that businesswoman mentality and she's like her stories of when she was growing up in fiji is like oh i always corrected the teacher i was the smartest person in the room uh as you should be as you should be (laughs) and it's like she's a math person i'm not a math person so when i when i was like in school and stuff and i'd get grades i like my typical grade set would be from like 75 percent to my highest being maybe a 90 okay maybe and like i'm super proud of that because i worked for it and i was really happy with my mark and i bring it home and it's like where's the rest of your percentage it's like, yeah, like you have that 98 but where did the other two percent go i don't know mom maybe the next person took it you should be happy with what i got well here i have a little i have a little rebuttal 
for you guys. Um, warning, you will get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I have never tried it, um, but warning, you probably will get slapped. So, Annie, I got I got a 98% in in English 30-1. Okay, for all my Albertans out there, you know how hard any 30 level is, let alone a dash one. Okay. So you're you're my you're my whoever. Okay. I just go. Oh, hey, like I got my report card. I got a 98% in English 30-1. Where's the other 2%? Oh yeah, it's in the mill. <laughs> you will get that. If anyone does that, if let us under- know. DM us and let us know how it went. If you do get hurt or injured, sorry about it is not at fault. Mm-mm. Take everything that we give to you with a grain of salt and then cut that grain in half. <laughs> we'll support you, but at the same time, we won't be associated with you. Yeah. So do that at your own risk. <laughs> and hustle culture is so ingrained into our society, but this leads to imposter syndrome. So if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's a collection of feelings of inadequacy or you have self doubt that is usually chronic and you find like, you know, I'm not smart enough to go to the school. Like, I got in by a fluke. Like, I shouldn't be here. So that's basically what imposter syndrome is, uh, according to hbr.org. <laughs> and imposter syndrome is something that I think is so prevalent, not only for South Asians, but for first-generation college students, university students. It's everywhere. Because, yeah, you worked so hard to get to this point. And then once you're there with all these other kids that are just as smart as you are, you're like, oh, my God, like, I'm the dumb one. Like, I shouldn't be in this class. I find that this is so damaging to your mental health because you've been taught all your life, hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. The grind never stops. Respect the hustle. And then once you get there, you're like, I don't have to hustle, but everybody is hustling. I don't belong here anymore. I think that is so important. And I guess it's seen in South Asian um, society through Bollywood, surprisingly enough, uh, through Three Idiots. Raise your hand if you watch Three Idiots. Raising my hand again. I love that movie. It is so good. good. Songs are absolute bangers. I mean, yeah. Is it on Netflix? I don't know. Actually, If it's on Netflix, I think go watch it. That's your homework. Go watch. (laughs) Go watch Three Idiots. Now, Actually, after the podcast is done, then go watch Three Idiots. I was just going to say, pauses your podcast to go watch Three Idiots and comes back. <laughs> but, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Three Idiots, um, Ra- Raju Rastogi, one of the characters, one of the main three characters, one of the three idiots, as it were, <laughs> um, he goes to a very prestigious engineering institute in India, and he comes from a very poor family he was having a very tough time and of course there was a little bit of um sabotaging going around it's a bollywood movie uh by the um, principal so raju decides to jump out a window and he goes through his recovery and he ends up getting back and he's better than ever but i find that this instance is so powerful because Raju's like us. Raju's hustled all his life, beaten all of the odds within his own society to get to this prestigious school. And then once he gets there, he's like, oh, well, I don't belong here. Like, I'm poorer than everybody else. I'm dumber than everybody else. Then who do I, who do I, who am I? Why do I, why am I here? I think that is so important because it really then allows people to talk about mental health. 
Totally. Like, I remember when I, like, I'm pretty sure that movie was the first thing that introduced me to the idea of mental health, if we're being honest. Because I remember watching it and that, like, I couldn't watch that movie for years afterwards because every time I watched that scene, it just made me cry. But I cry every time. It's (laughs) it's very sad. Again, I'd probably cry again. But um, I remember being like, absolutely. I remember being so mad because he worked so hard and he was probably smarter than half the kids in there who were just like rich brown kids whose parents might have bought them into the university. But this kid worked like he was so poor. His family was in black and white. They couldn't afford to color in <laughs> the scenes for the movie. But it just made me mad because he was so smart and he worked so hard to get where he was. And then the school broke him. They yeah. broke him so hard that he decided to jump out a window. I know this isn't necessarily just like, oh, aunties made him do this. But really, aunties and uncles perpetuate this hustle culture by comparing kids all the time constantly which then feeds into imposter syndrome once you get to higher levels of education which then destroys your mental health hustle culture and imposter syndrome destroys mental health but comments from aunties also happen to ruin an individual self-image yeah like a seed of doubt is planted into your mind so not only are you not hustling enough or you're hustling too much and you don't feel like you fit into your community, whether that's at work or school. But there's more. You don't fit the ideal. Hustle culture and imposter syndrome impacts the lives of desi kids. But girls, like we've said before, really do get the short straw in this case. And I know we'll say this time and time again. And I understand that South Asians, all of us, we have very similar struggles. But I find those who are girls those who present as girls those who identify as girls really do have have it the worst because not only are we expected to keep up with the grind but we must also be domesticated or at the very least the perfect wife let me just give you guys a rundown of what the perfect wife in the eyes of an auntie is so you have to have the right body shape you can't be too thin and you can't be too thick You have to have the right complexion. Like we said in our previous podcast, you can't be dark. You have to be light or fair-skinned. You can't be too short. You can't be too tall. You can't be taller than your husband. These are the things that you have to meet. Like, those are her standards. Body hair. You can't have body hair, which, hello, is kind of impossible for us brown girls. Growing up brown, especially for me, I was like, wow, like, I have to... Like, I waxed my legs from a very young age, not realizing that, hold up, you guys don't do this? (laughs) What? (laughs) Because you don't really realize it because it's, like, yourself. And as a kid, you're not really aware about everybody else. But South Asian girls, man, we have dark, thick, coarse hair everywhere. How am I, like, how, how is, like, seven-year-old me supposed to know that, like, having, like, a few hairs on my knuckles is a bad thing? <laughs> and I just find that so crazy because we, we know that, like, it's not even just a South Asian ideal now, but it's a very Western ideal that, oh, yeah, like, you must be hairless. But it's, like, really, do you have to? I don't understand it because, like... We all have, like, we have so much, and it just keeps coming back. 
thicker. Okay, maybe not thicker because I'm pretty sure that's a myth. But it always comes back. And unless you have some sort of like laser surgery, it's not going away anytime soon. And we all have it. So I don't understand why aunties seem to have such a big problem when they mention it. I'm sure you also have hair. I find it funny how like I'll be talking to like a dadi or an auntie and she'll be like, you have a little bit of a mustache. And I'm like, huh? Like unibrow? Yeah. Like, how is Preeti Auntie going to come for me for having a little bit of a mustache, yet she has a million and one scraggly hairs on her chin? You can't come for me if you're going to be looking like the rat from Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I would just like to say, moment of silence for Preeti Auntie because she just got flamed. (laughs) I'd also like to point out that I said Preeti Auntie and not Aunt Preeti. I'm getting better, guys. I'm growing. She's getting domesticated. (laughs) Going back to that body image stuff, I find that brown girls especially, or even just South Asian people in general, especially in the West, have such poor body image because of the society we're in and because our aunties and uncles still don't think that we're we're good looking. I find that body image, especially poor self-image, is something that is rampant, especially for millennials and Gen Z in the South Asian community, and especially for those in Western society as well. So another story from yours truly. Um, If you know me, or if you've seen like my Instagram, which you probably haven't because I don't have any posts on there. Um, Anyways, if you know me, you know that I'm skinny. Okay, like, not like twig skinny, but I'm skinny. And that was kind of my thing when I was growing up. Like, everyone would come up to me and be like, you look like you could be snapped in half. So... That became my thing. I became accustomed to it. Like, that was my thing out of all my cousins. And then, a little bit of a personal story. Last year, I got really sick and got diagnosed with um, a branch of IBS. I have colitis, just saying. If you don't know what it is, look it up. But as such, I lost a lot of weight. Like, I don't know if Iman remembers, but I looked scary. Like, I'm looking back at pictures, and I look like a skeleton, okay? And once I, like, got diagnosed and stuff, I got these meds that, like, made me gain my weight back super quickly. And then I remember looking in the mirror, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm not skinny anymore. And I just remember panicking because being skinny was my thing. That's what I was known for in my family. So I stopped eating, I stopped taking all my meds, because I was really obsessed with staying skinny, because that's what all my aunts and uncles and my daughters and daughters, that's what they knew me as, I was skinny, and that's really bad, I don't recommend doing it, it was really dumb, but I hated that I thought that, even for a second, that oh my god, my thing is to be skinny, so I need to stay skinny, and I need to do whatever I can to stay skinny. It's just, body image sucks. Yeah, and it's so, it's, like, heartbreaking, you know what I mean? Because, so, like, I know lots of us aren't vocal about this because of the taboos in the community, but I'm sure there are so many other people listening to this podcast. Hearing Annie say that, I'd be like, yeah, you know, like, I relate to that and that makes me so sad because you guys shouldn't have to and I understand that some people might be like oh well just like who cares like you're skinny who cares but the thing is you shouldn't have 
to have your self self-worth attached to a number whether that's a number on a test or the number on your scale or your class rank like none of that matters what matters is what you think of yourself what you believe in who you want to be and i think that's something really important that needs to be talked about more it really does and whoever if someone is out there listening and if you guys relate let hit me up i'm always here to talk and if you feel like that's something you're working against let me know and i will be there for you Yvonne, please don't cry <laughs> we'll get back to the normal we're getting back to I'm the normal cry. we promise we're sorry we're supposed to be your fun we're podcast. not sorry about it <laughs> we're gonna start crying back to the main program but so back to the key domesticity that we're supposed to strive for not in typical sorry but a fashion but more in typical me fashion raise your hands of course who here can make perfectly round rotis i can't my hands not up this time (laughs) (laughs) um i definitely can't my daddy has been training me for years or she's been trying to i don't really spend that much time in the kitchen (laughs) um but she's been training me for years on how to make the perfect circles and the best I can honestly do is make oval-shaped rotis. <laughs> you know, any my rotis are at... But kind of going back to that, you know, blob story. Um, my my grandmother, like, I I always called her granny. Like, everyone's like, oh, but you're brown. <laughs> yeah, when, like, I would be at, like, uh, the Jamaat Kana and somebody would come up to me and go, oh, how's your daddy doing? I'd be like, you know, he's doing really good. And they're like, hold up, what? <laughs> You're... I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm just, just like, like laughing. <laughs> yeah, she's like she's like laugh crying. I'm just so funny, you know. It's just <laughs> okay. Continue, continue. <laughs> but like my grandmother, my granny, she was teaching me how to make nakatai, which basically I guess they're like shortbread cookies ish. I don't think I've tried it, but. You haven't tried not Okay, I, I will literally so. make you some. They okay. will look awful, but they will taste okay. But how my grandmother does it, she like makes like a chocolate kind of deal. And she makes like a swirl on top of the nankitai with the chocolate by like, um, you know when you're making the balls for roti mm-hmm. before you go and you roll them out? Mm-hmm. Like that. And I could not get the swirl down. I cried and cried. And I tried. And this was probably... Hold up, how old am I? I'm 17? Yeah. This was probably over 10 years ago. <laughs> and I could not do it for my life. But I can make a killer cup of chai. Something, uh, another thing that I can't do, sadly. But to make Iman's famous chai. Why did I say chai? To make Iman's famous chai, you can check out our Instagram, at Sorry About It, or our website, link in bio. And speaking of Instagram, we would like to thank you all from the very bottom of our heart for allowing us to reach 130 followers. Yay! That is insane. We really we're... appreciate it, you guys. Yeah, it's like it warms our heart. Like we're like, oh, we're going to cry again. We won't, but we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, after the podcast ends, waterworks. Back to the main program. Though aunties are our aunties, we love them, but there is a major love-hate relationship there. Speaking of love and relationships, what about matchmaking aunties, as Maria Kumar likes to call them? I'm sure every one of us have had at least one matchmaking story. Anisha? I don't like that you called on me, but... 
course I have one. <laughs> um, oh my god. Oh, she's gonna hate me. Um, <laughs> this one goes out to my cousin Ayaz. I doubt he's listening, but so a couple years ago there was this event, and um, my whole family went, and I think it was before a wedding, but we were all chilling, and it's like summertime. I remember eating like um, I think it was gulab jamun. Oh my god, I remember exactly what I was wearing. Not my favorite. I love gulab jamun, <laughs> and I remember eating it. I was just so happy. I was in my zone eating gulab jamun when Ayaz's mom comes up to me and she's like, "Look at this photo I found!" And like she's excited, so I looked, and it's this photo of me and him from like when we were like, I don't know, seven years old, and I'm wearing like a red langa, and he's wearing white, so we look like a bride and a groom. And I was like, "Oh, cute." And then she's like, you guys are going to look like that in 10 years, huh? I was like, huh? I was like, huh, you're so funny, but no. And then she laughs it off and goes back to her table. And then, like, 10 minutes later, my uncle, so, like, um, my dad's brother-in-law, he pokes me. He's like, so what color theme is the wedding? And I was like, I cannot believe you're in on it, too. You're supposed to be my favorite. You can't be doing this to me. (laughs) And I hated that. That's the one that stands out most to me is... Ayaz and I getting paired together. He couldn't look at me for the rest of the night. It was really funny. So thanks to his mom for stopping him from talking to me. So yay. (laughs) You know, I don't have the luxury of having many cousins my age, but I have the luxury of having so many aunties. (laughs) So this is a little story that I have from November, December of last year or so. All I know is that there was snow on the ground, which could honestly mean anything here in Edmonton. Like, June snows. But, anyway, I was at this, I believe it was a housewarming get-together. And I was just minding my own business, having my Pani Puri, extra Pani. And just, you know, just having a good time. And an auntie comes to me, and she's talking about this one kid. And I don't know who this kid is. Um... I honestly, I don't know my relation, my relationship <laughs> with the people that, that got the house, truly. Um, but I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So I, I didn't really think anything of it, really, until my mom came to me and she was like, you know, she was trying to, she was trying to matchmake you with him. And I was like, she was what now? <laughs> because I'm sitting here, gold guppa halfway in my mouth, <laughs> staring at her. <laughs> I was like, huh? You really think I'm going to drop everything. Drop her gulgapa. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) To talk to this what Dude, I don't even know who this kid is. If he's so intrigued, he can talk to me. Aunties just love to set you up. Especially on reality TV shows. And speaking of reality TV, who has watched Family Karma? Raise of hands. I've watched it. Exactly. Family Karma is an amazing show. I really like it. And it follows, like, multi-generational families who live in Miami, who are of South Asian descent, and it really is just them having a good time. But, we have two of our... They're my favorite characters. Um, We have Monica and Brian. Annie, do you want to tell us a little bit about Monica and Brian? I would love to. Guys, this is literally the only reality TV show you will catch me watching. So I'm going to, like, fan out over here. Um, 
So Brian and Monica are these two best friends that have known each other for years. Like, I'm pretty sure they went to high school together. They're really close. They hang out all the time. And they're best friends. And when you're best friends with someone, you know, like, you're very close, obviously. And these two were. And in typical girl is friends with a guy relationship, all their friends and all their family think that they're into each other. Which is kind of true to an extent, because Monica was interested in Brian, but he rejected her because he was going through a playboy phase. But then, in like, I'm pretty sure like the first episode, they established that, oh, he's done with that, he's trying to settle down and find a nice girl, and to him, this girl was Monica, because now he's decided that he's going to like her. Monica's not having it, she's like, no, I'm like, I think we should just stay friends, blah, blah, blah. I completely agreed with her. But that's, you know, another story for another time. And there's this other character. Her name is Bali. She is the auntie of the show. Well, going to going into a little bit of Bali. Bali yeah. is a little bit younger than the aunties, but a little bit older than our main family karma earth. Yeah, like our millennials in the show. Yeah. And so she's kind of she gets the best. Best, of both worlds? Best, best of both quote, worlds. Unquote. She gets both worlds. And Bali is an interesting character on the show because she's an instigator. Annie, do you want to keep going? I just like to say I really hate Bali. I totally do. Um, so in typical auntie fashion, she sees that Brian is interested in Monica and that they have this spark. Which is their best friend spark, okay? Like, they're best friends. I'm going to put say it one more time. They are best friends. Um, but she sees this as, oh my god, they're both in love with each other. They should be with each other. So I'm going to start some drama. I'm going to push them until they start fighting and get every single one of their friends and family involved until they are together. And it drove me nuts. I hated that she did it, and I hated all the ways that she did it. It's just... And she's getting everyone else involved in... Iman, you should probably take over because I will <laughs> ramble for the next 10 minutes about how much I hate Bali. So really, Bali, in typical auntie fashion, is an instigator in two different scenarios. And the first scenario has to do with the main conflict of the show, uh, which is one of the characters, Vishal. He wants to get on the path to eternal bliss with his wife, Risha, who is her his fiancé. So years. essentially... They've been engaged for seven years. Brown people love a long engagement. I don't know how. I would have been No, like, thank you. Let's get this over with. Let's elope. Let's go to Vegas. Let's been, get married at an Elvis chapel. You've been friends for seven years. You dated for seven years. You were engaged for seven years. Not them, but hypothetically. <laughs> Dude, please. <laughs> just get married already. You're already common law. Just get married. Basically. Get the ring on your finger, girl. But anyway, um, essentially that conflict is that Vishal's mom doesn't like Risha's mom. Risha's mom doesn't like Vishal's mom. Risha's mom doesn't like Vishal. So basically, um, another character, Anisha, um, not our Anisha, the other Anisha, is trying to help Vishal, ends up instigating. Bali instigates in that conflict, causing strife between... Vishal and Anisha 
and then gets involved with Brian and Monica by going, oh, you guys are so cute, like, nudge, nudge, like, date, nudge, nudge, which then creates strife between them because it puts their friendship on the line. Essentially, aunties, like we said before, they want to know the 411 on everybody at the expense of your relationships, at the expense of your friendships, your mental health, your self-image, and aunties, keep your nose where it belongs. Do you have any closing remarks about family karma? I'd just like to say I was extremely disappointed with how Anisha re- represented Anisha's all across <laughs> the world. I was so mad. She could have done so much better, but she didn't. She chose to be a brat. I hated it. The end. Aunties are family, and they are ingrained in society. But that doesn't mean we have to deal with their buckwas. Like, stand up for yourself, everybody. We can totally rise above auntie culture simply by being our unique shelves because that's what Iman wrote down <laughs> on our script. What's a, what's a self? I only know about shelves. Just shelves. Shelves are what you can be. <laughs> <laughs> but be your unique self. Be unapologetic about who you are and stand up for yourself. And going off of that, one of my favorite people, period, that really allowed me to be so proud of my South Asian heritage as an Indian who is also Muslim is Hassan Minhaj. Love him. Round of applause. And I've been, I was watching Hassan Minhaj recently because Patriot Act is cancelled and I'm really in my feelings about it. I will fight Netflix, so if you see that on the news, mind your business. <laughs> Just mind your business. Ignore it. If you see Anisha fighting Netflix, no you didn't. No you didn't. <laughs> you went blind. Okay? But, but really going off of that, there's the biggest part of this... Um, of this special that I took away from it and I will butcher it because I cannot, I don't have an, I cannot, I cannot speak Hindi. I cannot speak Gujarati. I can't speak Kachi. <laughs> Stop. But it. really the bad, this is so important to me. And I have, I found um from scraps from the loft.com, the entire transcript. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit of it to you guys. So he says that I'm about to pull up and we get to the door and my dad is about to ring the doorbell when he says the sentence that is the killer of every brown kid's dreams. He goes, I don't think we should do this. What will people think? What will people say? I don't know if you know, but every time a brown father says, I don't know if you know, but every time a brown father says, a star actually falls from the sky. And I think that this part is so, for me at least, is so like, wow, I'm not the only one. And that was so liberating because it was finally like, I'm seeing myself, not only mainstream media, but I'm seeing Hassan Minhaj and especially Homecoming King as a big middle finger towards anti-culture and South Asian stereotypes and how South Asian culture wants to portray us as but it's also a huge middle finger to American and Western culture saying you want us to fit inside this model minority box but we will not because we are not your model minority and that is so powerful to me like I absolutely love it there's another instance in the special that really sticks out to me I'm going to censor it a little bit, but Hassan says, Number two, you want me to change my life to appease some auntie and uncle I'm never going to see? You want me to change my life for Nyla, auntie? Are you kidding me? My life? 
And I find that is so important. And that is such an important thing to take away from the show is that really the best way to rise above anti-culture, this fat phobia, this misogyny, this sexism, this um, ableism, as well as this hustle culture, self-image issues and imposter syndrome imposed on us by anti-culture is to be yourself. Honestly, I know it's like the most generic advice you could have put your hand into a hat and then go, oh, be yourself. Oh, cool. That's like the worst fortune cookie ever. But really be yourself. Don't care what other people think. Don't care what others think because who cares what they think? Like, be who you are. Be unapologetic of who you are. Because, honestly, you're pretty cool. I can guarantee you that just because an auntie is critiquing you doesn't mean that you're not enough. And I think that is such an important thing to take away is that how do you rise above auntie culture? You rise above auntie culture by doing what you're always doing. Keep being who you are. I'm speechless. <laughs> it was just me. Speechless. I just like to say the same things over and over again in different words. But really, <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want anti culture to impact you. It will impact you. But do you want to be the bigger person? Leave it behind. Who cares what people say? And just be yourself. Honestly, I honestly really loved his like Hasan Minaj's special, like Homecoming Gang. Because I remember I watched it for the first time and I was relating to so many things that I couldn't do before with another comedian or another actor who decided to take the stage up and not be funny for a full hour. He was funny, so props to him. Um, but I remember watching and I was I was listening to this one to this part, Lokia Genge, and I was like, oh my god, you're absolutely right. And I kid you not, that was the moment that I decided to stop listening to what other people said. I kid you not. Yeah. It's just, that was a really inspiring moment. And I'm Mm -hmm. super happy that I watched it when I did. Otherwise, man, progress for Anisha would not have been made. (laughs) But honestly, like out of any brown public figure that I could meet that's in like a creative industry, it would be Hassan Minhaj. When Hassan was like, I'm Indian and I'm Muslim, I was like, wow. I'm Indian and I'm Muslim. And I know that there are lots of Indian Muslims out there. But it really warmed my heart to be like, wow, like, holy crap, like, he's he's like me. And I'm just very proud to have somebody like that there for us, you know? He's a great representative. I'm like, I'm sad now. <laughs> Shout out to him. He's our king of the week. King of the week. And I just find it's so important to just unapologetically be who you are and be yourself because that's the way that you will succeed that's the way that you will become successful that's the way that you will be happy is by being yourself and i know it's very hard to let go of what other people say and what other people think 100 percent. but just know that we think you're cool and that should be enough we're like pretty cool (laughs) like we're pretty cool the two Canadian brown girls from Alberta think you're cool. Shout out to <laughs> and you. That should be enough. We're good enough. You're, we're like, we've all, we're all you need. We will stand up for you if you need someone to stand up for you, if you can't. I'm just saying. 
If someone's talking smack, I will smack them. Just saying. <laughs> Hit me up. I will come for you. Well, not and be you there for you. And if you see her do it, no, you didn't. <laughs> to wrap up another Chef's Kiss podcast, make sure to go visit us on Instagram at Sorry About It. And make sure to smash that follow button and turn on our post notifications because you obviously want to know when we post, right? Right. And you can also click the link in our bio to visit our website where there will be some amazing new content up there soon. Make sure to also go visit our Spotify. We have some amazing playlists there from the masala mix to a pani puri date playlist, the oblong rotis only playlist, and my personal favorite on the bus ride to insert here, which are songs to get hyped on the way to DECA or debate or model UN or model parliament or Kumon. Just to hype I mean, you out. In it works with everything. Any of those. Like me. <laughs> And we also have some new members to our Sorry About It team, Iman. Which is so exciting. <laughs> we are introducing our very first class of interns, which you can see all of their bios on our Instagram highlights. And we would like to give a big, 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 big shout out to all of them. Like, we are so excited to have an amazing group of some really cool South Asian kids on our team. They're amazing, you guys. I'm so excited for you guys to see what they're going to come out with. I just, oh, warm, fuzzy feeling inside. We're very proud of them, obviously. <laughs> but, oh my god, guys, this is, this is our second episode. We just want to say thank you for listening and for supporting us. Um, and make sure to go tell your friends about our podcast. Spread the your word. your teachers, your parents. Just, just talk about us, okay? Bring it up to your um, baristas at Starbucks. But to wrap things up, this has been Anisha and Iman on our second episode of the Sorry About It podcast, discussing the issues with aunties, and we are not sorry about it. Ah!